Welcome to the Inspired Women Podcast. I'm your host, Megan Hall, motivational speaker, women's empowerment coach, full-time psychology student, mama four, and military spouse. On this podcast, I share helpful life tips and real stories from inspirational women. Warning, sometimes we chat about taboo topics and drop some F-bombs. Thank you for tuning in with me today. Enjoy the episode. Hey guys, today I'm here with Wendy. Wendy is a second time podcast guest and I'll make sure to link her other episode up in the show notes, inspiredwomenpodcast.com. Wendy Iacobello has been an army wife for three years and part of military life for five years. She has spent the last nine years as an adult educator, has a master's of arts in educational media and a bachelor's of science degree in early childhood education. Currently, she is a blogger, freelance writer, aqua spin instructor, which is new, and I think that's so cool, and avid volunteer. In her free time, you can usually find her volunteering at the USO Storytime, outdoors in the garden, exercising, cooking up a new recipe, or playing fetch with her adorable beagle, Daisy. And Daisy is adorable. I get to see her pictures all the time, which is awesome. Wendy is extremely passionate about helping others find their inner strength by sharing her experiences, insight, resources, and inspirational stories on her blog, Strength for Spouses. Welcome back to the podcast, Wendy. Thank you for having me again. So I'd love to have you, today our topic's going to be fitness for anybody who's wondering. Uh, I'd love to have you take us back to when you were younger and what your fitness looked like and take us through your journey with fitness. Okay, sure. Well, growing up, I was a cheerleader. That was my outlet. And my parents um, separated and divorced when I was about 12 years old. So cheerleading was really my thing. It was my escape from all that drama at home. And it just, it gave me something. It gave, it empowered me in different ways. And so also I began um, a little bit of soccer because we got our first women's soccer team um, while I was in high school. So I participated a little bit with that as well. And um, then when I went to college, because I cannot go backwards on my head and cheerleading and do flips <laughs> and all that stuff. I just didn't even try out for the cheerleading team in college because there were certain things I just couldn't do. And so I played intramural sports, a lot of indoor and outdoor soccer. And that was pretty much the extent to my fitness journey in college, a little bit of going to the gym here and there, doing elliptical things like that. But, um, but that was it. And then you know, some things happened in, in college and I left, I started working and fitness was still a part of my life, but a very small part. It wasn't really a priority. And so my adult fitness journey didn't really begin until January of 2013 was really, I'm going to call it the big bang <laughs> of my adult fitness journey and different things prompted that. Um, I got really sick the Christmas of 2012 with a very bad case of strep throat. And I had to go to the emergency room because it was really, really bad. And so because of that and having a shot of penicillin in my butt on Christmas, <laughs> I laid there in pain after getting that shot in the butt and just said, I've got to make some changes in my life. I'm not living as healthy as I should be. I need to make health and fitness a priority in my life again. And that's kind of when, when it started. Okay. So in the last couple of years, you have had a hard time and a lot has happened. Mm -hmm. 
So share with us a little bit about that and how, how, how fitness helped you get through that. Most definitely. So in um, February of 2017, my husband and I lost the baby during the eighth week of pregnancy. We got the, there's no heartbeat from the people doing the ultrasound and the doctor and it, we were devastated. I just, I just didn't know what to do. Um, I was just out of sorts. My body was going through all kinds of different things because of the procedure that we had to have done at that time to remove the baby who was gone and um, my body was, was healing. And I just, I just didn't know how to help myself out of that despair. And after about um, a couple of weeks, three weeks of healing and stuff, there was a group here at Fort Bragg that I had interacted with online, but I was always afraid to join in um, because I thought it was like a mom's group. <laughs> and I'm not a mom, just to an angel. Um, so I was a little hesitant to get involved, but I kept noticing how positive they were to each other. And I thought, you know, I might need that. Let me give it a try. So I went and gave this group a try and they did body blast workouts around Fort Bragg and stuff like that. And, um, when I left, I left in tears that day, happy ones, because it just, that hour of sweat with all these empowering, positive women and we all had something in common because we were all military spouses. So there was a commonality already. And it was just such a great sisterhood, the camaraderie and the high fives after working out and the positivity. And I just felt like I got a piece of myself back that I wasn't completely in despair. So I went back for more and just started um, incorporating that into my life. And with every sweat session, I just, I got a piece of myself back and I was digging myself out of that despair with every workout. And in the meantime, I was also meeting some pretty amazing women who just opened their arms to me wide open, whether they were mothers or not, because it was a very mixed group. Some were moms, some were not. They just welcomed me right in. And um, that was the start of, of trying to figure out how to get back into fitness here at Fort Bragg, because you know, when you move and you relocate as a military spouse, you have to find your fitness groups and find your vibe again when it comes to exercise. So this was kind of a start back into my vibe again here. Yeah. I'm not looking forward to that. <laughs> <laughs> All these horror stories I keep hearing from people about PCSing and which for anybody who's not a military spouse, cause we have a mixed audience that's moving in military lingo. And I'm just like, Oh, I had to start over again. I have to find my new people. And I've already joined a few groups like the, um, my husband's boat group and my, um, the he's a chief in the navy now so they have a chief spouse group that's not drama which i get hesitant about joining military spouse groups because sometimes it can be a lot of drama <laughs> which yeah. kind of sucks my soul because like you were talking about with having this positive group they can help fill your bucket but if you're around a really negative group it can actually take from mm -hmm. your bucket so mm -hmm. during this time how how did you take care of your mental health? Like what happened with that? Well, when we, after we lost the baby, I immediately got myself set up with counseling with employee assistance program and that's short term, but I knew I could not do this alone. So that was the very first thing I did like within 24 hours after hearing those words. 
Um, and then it was encouraged by many professionals, such as in medical and by my counselors, it was encouraged that antidepressants would be a good idea. But I just said, no, 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 I can't. I can't go back down that route. I took myself off antidepressants in 2013 and I had tried probably three different kinds by 2013 and finally found one that worked pretty well, but, but I knew it wasn't a long-term solution for me that I had to do some other things to work on myself. And so I really, it took a lot to take yourself off antidepressants back mm -hmm. then. So to go back on them again and have to take myself off and go through that, I was just like, no way no way, I don't want to do it. So I kept advocating for myself with the medical professionals and my counselors and everything. And I just said, it's not for me. We want to have a baby again and try again. And so I don't want to put anything like that into my system right now. I just don't think it's for me. And so I, again, I really had to advocate for myself because it kept yeah. getting highly encouraged. I was like, right. No let me just do this on my own and find how to heal myself from the inside out. And exercise was a big part of that healing process. Yeah. We were having this discussion before we started and I was like, you went off medication. I went on it. But one of the things I want to point out is when people should try to do all the holistic remedies before going on medication because mental illness is a spectrum. And like I was talking with Wendy, I have bipolar too. And that's a, a chemical imbalance in my brain. It's in no matter what I did, eating well, working out, using essential oils, doing all the things, nothing did the trick. So medication for me was the right thing. But you, Wendy, are pointing out, I want to try to do all these things before I would turn to the medication, which is what everybody should try first because medication may be necessary for some people, but not necessary for everybody. But I feel like a lot of times, and I'm going into the mental health field, so I'm no way bashing on the mental health field, but I feel like a lot of times in, in the uh, medical field period, medication is the first resort. Mm -hmm. It is. And although medication has some really can do some really great things to help you. It also has side effects. Mm -hmm. And so you have to take all those things into consideration. And I'm not also suggesting that people take themselves off their meds. Every person is different. And what's going to work for me may not work for this person. And also, like you said, it, there's a spectrum of mental health and different levels. Some people are very high functioning, very much like the autism spectrum. Mm -hmm. Someone that's high functioning autism, you may not even know it. Right. So the same thing with mental illness. You, a lot of times with mental illness, you don't even know it no matter where they are on the spectrum sometimes. Mm -hmm. But um, again, it's a personal decision that everybody has to make for themselves and decide what is best for me in my life and my situation. Exactly. And I like how you pointed out a lot of times you can't tell because when I told, when I came out about my new diagnosis, people were like, no way. I was like, actually, yeah, way. Cause you can't tell, I mean, you can't tell on the outside what's going on in the inside with a lot of people and inside their heads. Mm -hmm. And I think that holistic remedies should be the first resort for people before they go on the medication, because you just never know if that's going to be the thing that does the trick, if that's going to be the thing that helps you. Mm -hmm. And, you know, for some people, medication is absolutely necessary. It's actually 
highly recommended for people with bipolar disorder because of what, it, what bipolar disorder is doing in somebody's brain. But something like depression or anxiety, I know lots of people who can be very highly functioning with depression and anxiety and not need medication because using things like exercise, because it gives you endorphins, <laughs> those are happy chemicals for our brains, um, and it helps relieve stress and anxiety, you know, things like that, and eating right, because the chemicals that are in our food can do some crazy things to our brains, getting enough sleep, drinking enough water, pretty much taking care of ourselves can often help people manage um, mental illness instead of having to go on the medication. So I really want people to have that as the first resort and have therapy, like go and talk to somebody. Cause a lot of times just getting out and having a professional there to guide you through your feelings and what's going on inside your head can be so helpful. Yes. And after we lost a baby and any woman who's, who's lost a pregnancy or lost a baby to stillbirth and things like that, you just feel terrible about yourself. You mm -hmm. beat yourself up. You know, your body already went through changes, but there's no baby. So you're looking at your body like, oh, I don't like the way I look. And, you know, just so much negative goes on in your head after an experience like that. And exercise started giving me back my self-confidence. And it started giving me back um, feeling good about myself. And so it wasn't just curing on depression and helping me dig out of that hole. It was giving me some self-confidence back that I had just lost. And, um, you know, that's, that's when I also decided after, after a certain time of being involved with that group and kind of getting my vibe back in fitness, um, I got with a couple of the women I had met in that group and, and we made a goal last year um, in 2018 to run the All-American the all Marathon and Mike to Mike Half Marathon. So I did my very first half marathon and I wanted to challenge myself in that way for several reasons. I wanted to prove that this body of mine that had lost the child that had not produced one since, and that's hard on your mental health and hard yeah. on your psyche too, um, I wanted to prove that my body is great and amazing. And I knew challenging myself to a physical feat like that was really going to empower something inside of me. Not only changed me physically, but it was going to change me inside and change me mentally. So I had tackled this goal with a girlfriend of mine and we did some extensive training for about two and a half months. And um, we ran that race and after you know, coming through that finish line was the most empowering thing, almost in tears, because it was like I had accomplished a physical feat, but also a very mental and inside of myself kind of thing through that race and through that physical goal, that fitness goal, I had just done something transformatic for myself. And um, that doesn't mean I'm a half marathon runner now. Because, <laughs> um, that might be a one-time thing. I don't know. But um but I can say that for as far as mental health and, and getting through things, you know, accomplishing something physical and pushing yourself in that way just does something magical to your, to yourself inside and outside. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I actually completed a Spartan race a couple years ago and had to get in some really good shape to be not only to be able to complete it, but complete it with 
without having to do too many burpees because for every thing, every obstacle you can't do, you have to do 10 burpees, I think it is. And after a while, that's really hard to do. <laughs> it is. And the Spartan race is not easy, especially on women, because we don't have that upper body strength. Right. Um, a lot of times we don't have that. So um, a lot of things in the Spartan race are very upper body. Mm -hmm. um, if they were more legs and leg power, I would have had that race nailed. But all that <laughs> upper body stuff, I did one a couple years ago too. And that was probably a one-time thing for me because I was going to, I was about to die the day after my body yeah. had felt like it went through the ringer, but it's definitely also something to do and challenge yourself to do some, something very different like that than you normally do. If you normally run five K's and challenge yourself to a 10 K, mm -hmm. if you've um, accomplished that, then go up and really push yourself um, to do something outside of your norm. Like the Spartan race is definitely outside the norm and you're yeah. in mud and you're crawling on the ground and you're running mileage and whew, it's, it's something. <laughs> yeah. I'm not going to ever do it again. Like I thought after I accomplished it, I was in that like really high phase. And of course now I know I'm bipolar too. So I was probably in a hypomania stage during that time. And I set all these goals. Like I was going to complete all of the, not all of the Spartan races, but all the different levels of Spartan race. Cause I was like the middle one. I forgot what the levels are. I know beast is like the highest one and I completed a middle one and then there's a lower one and I was going to complete them all and get the trifecta medal and now I'm looking back and I was like, that would have been a really bad idea. Like, cause even though people will help you out on the obstacles as much as they're allowed to, mm -hmm. it was, it was taxing on my body. And you know, there are certain things my body can't do anymore. Cause I have birth three children and my body was like, what, what are you doing here? Like that is <laughs> it's not happening. But working, like you said, working towards that goal, that was so empowering to me. And now for the rest of my life, I can say I completed a Spartan race. Mm -hmm. I have that medal. And that's mm -hmm. something I did and something I could work towards that really helps me be more confident in who I am. Cause I'm like, I'm a freaking badass. And look at you, you're a badass too for completing marathon. I'm not even close. To, I mean, not I marathon. Not marathon. Marathon. <laughs> close enough. I get, I get angry when I run. So like, it doesn't work for me. Like the way other people are like, it makes me so happy. I love it. I'm like, no, I get angry after like three miles. So I, <laughs> that's why I like the obstacles obstacle course racing because it breaks up the running for me <laughs> oh yes uh-huh it does and before that half marathon feat I had only run in my life like three miles ever so that was that was a big running 13.1 was insane but the other thing you know about exercise and setting those goals and kind of working on yourself from the inside out you got you also have to listen to your body mm -hmm. it's good to push yourself but you also got to listen to yourself. So when I ran that half marathon, about mile nine out of 13, my knees started doing something really funky. And I kept pushing myself because I wanted to make it to that finish line. And it was something I never felt before. I don't have knee injuries. I don't have knee problems. And so after that, after about a week, and it was still kind of pinching in an area, I just decided to start taking, being a little more kinder to my body now that I had accomplished that goal. And I just said, you know, I need to tone it down a little bit because I've been going pretty hardcore for about a year now mm -hmm. and I need to come down a little bit. So I started getting into aqua cycling 
and we have indoor an indoor pool here at Fort Bragg and they offer that and I just thought that looks like a lot of fun I like spin classes so maybe I like that and it should be more kind to your body right and so I started that right after the half marathon to kind of rehabilitate my knee I never got it checked I just diagnosed myself and mm -hmm. <laughs> rehabilitated it myself and I just fell in love with it. I noticed how I felt after AquaCycle. I felt good. Felt like I had a challenging enough workout that I was doing something. I wasn't dying or feeling myself sweating like in normal right. um, spinning classes. And you don't get the, um, what is it called? When the seat hurts you the next day, um, you yeah. don't get that in AquaCycling either. You don't get the the um, burn <laughs> in your booty area and all that. Um, so I started doing it only once a week and I was noticing big changes. So I kept up with it. And then I noticed that they were really short on instructors in the summertime. We kept having substitutes and there wasn't really um, anyone who was really stable teaching this class. They just had a lot of different people. So um, I just looked into how do I get certified to teach that? That would be fun. And my background is teaching, but my background is not fitness. <laughs> my background in fitness is solely by personal experience and not by training. Um, so I looked into getting certified. And by the end of 2018, I got all my ducks in a row. I was hired immediately because I saw a need there at Fort Bragg. Mm -hmm. So I got a job immediately doing that. And the day that I took the job was also the day that I found out I was pregnant with our Yay! rainbow baby. So I just decided, you know, as long as it's healthy for pregnancy, I'm just going to do it. And so I started teaching in January this year. Um, and that is one thing I have continued throughout this pregnancy. And it's good for pregnancy to be in the water. And even though that first trimester was a little bit rough, mm -hmm. um, um, teaching the class made me work out twice a week during this pregnancy. So I've had to pull back on my running and pull back on some of the other things just because I want to, you know, take it as easy as, as I can during the pregnancy while also being healthy and exercising. Um, but aqua cycling is just amazing. I can't even describe how beautiful of a thing it is. And to be teaching it now is, is pretty awesome too. <laughs> yeah. I love that you, during what you just said, you kept coming back to listening to your body. And anybody who knows, a doctor is going to recommend that, unless you have some pregnancy complications, that you can keep up the exercise that you were doing. You might need to scale back, like you said. Like if you're doing, if you're doing CrossFit, you may not want to keep doing that. Yeah. <laughs> At least not as much. Because mm -hmm. um, they do say you could keep up the amount of exercise you were doing before just if it's extreme you may need to scale back a little bit but I like how you kept saying you gotta listen to your body because mm -hmm. for years I was a beach body coach which many people listening knows and I was doing extreme workouts if anybody knows beach body has some extreme workout and I was doing every workout they came out with including like insanity max 30 like the Woo, all the, but for years I didn't listen to my body and I pushed it and pushed it and pushed it and kept doing these workouts because I was coach and I want to show people you could do it. And I completed my Spartan race during that time. But afterwards I, I couldn't keep it up. 
and my body was exhausted. And for a while, I just completely stopped working out because I was like, this is making me feel worse, not better. Like what happened? And it's because I didn't listen to my body and I needed to scale it back. And then I started doing yoga regularly. And I mean, yoga can still push you but it's more rejuvenating and relaxing. So now I'm getting in my exercise, but I'm not pushing my body like I did. And I feel good again after exercise. So I think it's important that people not overlook what you said about listening to your body. And don't, don't overdo it. Um, everything in life is about moderation and that includes exercise. If you mm-hmm. think you're going to have the body you want, if you work out six, seven times a week, you're also going to destroy your body in certain ways because your body needs rest days. Your body needs days of rehabilitation, which is why aquatics is so great because you still get a workout, but it's like a rehab day for your body. Um, and I started prenatal yoga about a month ago, in addition to aquacycling during the pregnancy. And, and that has been amazing for the aches and pains of pregnancy and just mind, body, spirit kind of balancing things. So I highly recommend that too. If you are going through a pregnancy or trying to get pregnant, there's some great ways to still work out if you like fitness in your routine. Um, and, and fitness is such a big part of my life and such a priority to me because it does help keep me balanced and keep my anxiety and my depression at bay and everything like that. So even during pregnancy, I'm still exercising, but again, I'm listening to my body and I've scaled it back for the sake of myself and, and the baby and also my age. I turned 40 this year. So <laughs> I've got to take that into consideration as well and be a little more kind to myself. Um, but as far as exercise goes and the benefits, there was a really good article that came out today. It was perfect timing. It came out on psychology today and they talked about the study they did about the benefits of exercise on depression and anxiety. And they did a study of people and prescribed them three days a week of 45 minute exercise segments, just three times a week. The other group was on antidepressants and the people who were prescribed the exercise made significant improvements far greater than the people on antidepressants. But again, like we were talking about in moderation, they didn't prescribe five, six, seven days a week of exercise, only three times a week. And even fitness professionals nowadays are saying, if you don't have a lot of time in your schedule for that 30 minute to one hour workout, even 10 minute increments of something throughout the day where you can still get that total of 30 minutes is okay too. The point is, is just to get moving somehow in your life. It's going to improve so much inside of you as well as physically. Uh, exactly. So when I was actively coaching, which um, by now everybody should know, I stepped back from life coaching because my my goal is to be a therapist, and that's my focus right now with school and making sure that I get the good grades so I can get into a graduate program in a couple years and be able to maintain that. But when I was a coach, uh, I did give some guidance on fitness because self-care is really important. And I had one uh, client who, one of my first clients had adrenal fatigue. And I was like, okay, I want you to talk to your doctor. I'm not a professional in that aspect. But I said, you could, if he, if he gives you the go ahead, you could walk. And I think a lot of people think they need to do extreme workouts, but really, um, when I was studying to be a, a personal trainer, I mean, in one of my hypomania states, <laughs> um, it, they recommend 150 minutes a week 
of moderate exercise. And moderate doesn't mean extreme. It could be, you know, you are fast walking for 30 minutes a day, five days a week. Or like you said, you're splitting it up into 10 minute increments throughout the day, but you're still getting that 150 minutes of moderate exercise in. It's really about doing what you can and fitting it into your schedule and not overdoing it. Hey, if CrossFit is your thing, I just always go to CrossFit because it's so extreme and I like watch people do it. I'm like, wow, how is that possible? But if yeah. that is your thing and your body's not rejecting it, then do mm -hmm. it. But if that's not your thing, find what is your thing because there's so many ways to get an exercise. Like you said, people listening may not have even known about aqua cycling. And now they're like, I got to look that up and see if it's something I like. Mm -hmm. Yes, it's amazing. And, you know, we even have here, which is another new fitness trend is aqua yoga, where you're what? on top of mats in the water. That is so, so crazy. Really going to work your core and all that stuff. I have not tried it because I don't think it's really pregnancy safe right now. Yeah. Um, but that is the newest trend in aquatics and that is amazing. I guess you fall off if you lose your balance, but, um, but it looks so amazing and they bungee the mats in to the um, swimming lane. So they're not like moving all over the place, okay. but you still do have to have that balance. So there are so many great, um, unconventional ways of getting your exercise in indoor rock climbing. They have that nowadays and aquatics and just different things for all body types. And I think the other really important thing is to realize during um, different stages of your life and as you're incorporating fitness in is to, to get to a place where, you, where you're enjoying your body. Right mm -hmm. now, I wasn't sure how I was going to feel about pregnancy and gaining all this weight and all this stuff. Um, but I am really just embracing my body and all the changes right now. And I'm not pushing myself to exhaustion with fitness. I'm doing everything in moderation and I'm just embracing who I am right now in this season. Not only that, but when you're pregnant, for anybody who's, who's listening who either is pregnant or is trying to get pregnant, if you exercise in moderation, when you're pregnant, your body ha has an easier time of bouncing back. Right. I mean, you're probably never going to be exactly what the way you were before you got pregnant because your body changes and it moves stuff around. And I mean, after four kids, my body is nowhere near what it was back in the day. And each one changed my body in different ways. But that doesn't mean your body won't be able to go back to its new norm. Right. And you won't be complaining when the like, um, a year from now, oh my gosh, I still haven't shed that 30 pounds or whatever it is you gain with the baby right. because you did maintain that fitness level and it'll help you get back into it after you're clear to exercise after baby. Right. Yes. And it's something that with our baby, I want our baby to understand how important it is to incorporate fitness and make it a priority in your life. Um, so hopefully, you know, by modeling and showing that um, our son, our little baby boy, will um, will see that and grow up, you know, incorporating fitness into his life too.
Exactly. I know a girl, uh, Matt, shout out to Maggie Ingalls. I don't know if she listens to the podcast or not, but she's a Zumba instructor. And mm-hmm. she, with both of her pregnancies, continued to instruct Zumba, modified, obviously, there's only so much you can do when you have a huge belly going on. But uh, she continued to teach Zumba all the way up, almost until she gave birth. And then, you know, once she's cleared, she goes back to Zumba, but she's mentioned how it's really helped her, you know, throughout pregnancy and afterwards too. She just started teaching. She's now she's going back to teaching because she's six weeks after and she's been cleared by the doctors and everything's the way it's, it's functioning. All right. And so she's done that. And, you know, she's mentioned multiple times on Facebook how it's helped her throughout pregnancy, but after pregnancy as well with, you know, normalizing those hormones and with postpartum depression, because, you know, you're getting those endorphins and it's going to help you not struggle as much. Now I'm not saying that you won't struggle. I'm like that it cures postpartum depression, but it can help. Yeah, I agree. And again, there's where fitness helps you not only on physically, but internally as well. And, and that's why it's so important just to get moving somehow or another, whatever works with whatever your body type is. If you have not exercised in a long time, you don't want to jump right into a hardcore body blast workout or something like that. You want to ease yourself into it because what people will do with exercise, they think, okay, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. I'm going to go full force. And you are so sore and can't move the next day. You don't go back. So you need, what you need to do is just kind of ease into things. I haven't been running in three months. And today I started myself back out like I'm a brand new runner again, even though I'm an experienced runner because I'm easing myself back into that. So I did a quarter mile um, walk and then a quarter jog at a very slow pace and then a quarter walk and a quarter jog and the last little quarter walk. So I said I was setting myself at a mile limit today, but I had that extra little walk cool down. But um, as far as the pregnancy goes, I'm not doing more than three miles. That's just something I've told myself. Three miles is my limit for this pregnancy. But again, I am easing my way back into something. I'm not jumping in full force because that's also not good for your body. Um, So when you ease into fitness, you're more likely to keep incorporating it in because you didn't kill yourself that first time you went and did it and you can't walk or move the next day. You're not going to go back. And um, that's why people love aquatics so much because you're not sore after, but you're tired, but you're not sore. Um, So if you're a person who really doesn't like that aches and pains and burns after you work out, aquatics is also a good option because it's kinder to your body. And again, you're not sore at all. You're just really tired and you will sleep really good that night. (laughs) Right. I always say the problem with like New Year's resolutions when it comes around January 1st and everybody's setting all these fitness goals as they go balls to the wall and they are doing all the things all at once and not doing incremental changes and they burn out because it's not their norm. So they decided I'm going to eat healthy like seven days a week and I'm going to work out, you know, five days a week and I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that. And that's not sustainable because one, it takes time to build a habit. And two, like you pointed out, like if you're super sore the next day, you're going to be less likely to want to continue because that's not fun. I mean, you're going to probably be sore a little bit anyways, but if you slowly ease yourself into it and, you know, start out with something that's a little bit easier on your body, like, you know, 
you know, aquatic spin, you would be able to work yourself up to something a little more intense if you want to go there um, instead of burning yourself out. And then like, you know, a couple weeks in, you're like, I'm done. I hate working out. Right. And, uh, you know, easing yourself into fitness is kind of like learning a new language. When you're learning a new language, you don't just jump in and start reading a book that's in another language. Right. You start with some fundamentals and you start slowly building on your knowledge over time. And it's the same way with fitness. You have to start a little bit slowly if you're just getting into a new workout regimen. And um, as you increase your abilities and your knowledge of what you're doing and your body, listening to your body and everything, um, you can build upon that. Just again, like learning a language. You don't just jump right in and read a novel in a second language. You have to build up, work up to that. Absolutely. So I'd love to hear what other tips you have for anybody who's listening, who is like, you know what? I want to put fitness in my routine. How, Wendy, did you get back into it? You know, what has helped you the most? What do you think will help other people as an instructor? What would you tell people? The biggest thing to make fitness a habit is looking at your schedule. Right. What is going to work with your schedule and what is offered where you are? So you need to check the local gyms. If you're a military spouse, check the fitness centers and the gyms on post. We have about seven or eight gyms here at Fort Bragg and we have um, a couple that offer group fitness classes. So you have to look at what all those schedules are and coordinate it with yours. That's how you build a habit too, is making something work and flow. So again, easing into fitness, not jumping right into something pretty hardcore. Um, you know, if you're, if you have any injuries to your knees and things like that, but you want to start doing something, walking, just walking every day, a little bit each day is good. And again, for anybody who has any bodily injuries, aquatics is a high recommendation. I'm not just saying that because I teach it. I'm saying because it's easier on your body. It's so much better on your body. It's for all age groups. Um, it's not just a bunch of elderly people in the pool working out. Aquatics is for everyone. And it, it can be as intense as you want it to be. Um, it can also be as, as low intensity as you want it to be. And that's the good thing about, about that. Um, but that's really my biggest tips is try to make it a habit and don't just jump right in full force. Do just a little bit, even a 10 minute walk starting out twice a week. And then if that was easy next week, do it three times a week and just, you know, build your increments like that. When I trained for the half marathon, I did not jump right in and run 13 miles. Right. I started at three and four and each week I added a new mile because I could then kind of trick my brain. Like, well, I did four last week. This is just a, a half a mile out more and a half a mile back more than I did last week. So right. if I could do it last week, this is just a little bit extra added. And each week I added a new mile till we were up to 12 before the half marathon. And I was like, I got this. I did 12 last week. I can do 13 this week. So that's also something that kind of goes with psychology and stuff and how you yeah. train your brain to think about exercise differently. Your brain is, has already, and your mind has already, um, what is the word? They've your mind already throws in the towel when you tell yourself you're going to go run 13 miles today. Right. Uh -uh, no, I'm not. But if you start low like that and slowly over time build up to it, your brain is like, I got this. I did that last week. That's nothing. I can add a little bit more this week. 
So that's a great way to um, increase your what you're doing with fitness and everything is to start slow and add it on. Yeah. So our brains, they like the status quo because it's they know what to expect, right? Our brain knows this is what we do. And even if that's unhealthy, it still knows this is what we do. I know what to expect from this. So when we go to make a change, our brain is like, what are you doing to me? Like, I don't know what this is going to happen with this. So I, this is scary and puts on the brakes. So if you, like you said, Wendy, if you slowly ease into it, our brains have the opportunity to get used to it and be like, oh, this isn't that bad. Okay. And then you can kind of trick it to the next week. We're only adding like an extra half a mile there, half a mile back. And your brain's like, okay, that won't be too bad. I already know what to expect from this. But if you, like you said, if you go from zero to 13 miles, your brain's be like, nope, 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 nope. We don't know what we're doing. This is going to be awful. Put on the brakes. I don't think so. Because change is scary. Our brains get used to the status quo. We have to ease ourselves into changes so our brain doesn't go, no, no, I'm putting on the brakes now. This is scary. I don't like this. I don't know what to expect from this. Even though logically we know it's healthier for us. It's just, it's just the way our, our caveman brain works. <laughs> right. And the mind is so powerful. A lot of physical fitness and, and working towards those goals and everything isn't just about what your body can do. It's about what your mind is telling you you can do. Um, so you've got to work on training your mind along with training your body. And the way to do that, like we said, is to not just jump in full force, give your brain a chance to wrap its, your, its head around uh, what it is you're trying to do and accomplish. And when you set those goals, make sure they're specific. So if you want right. to run at a certain pace, um, again, you have to work up to that. You can't just start sprinting five miles when you haven't run in several years. Um, you have to work up to that. But if you're specific and you tell your brain, this is what I want to do, um, your brain is very powerful. And when it knows what you're trying to accomplish and you ease into it the right way, your brain is going to help you as much as your body in getting there. Absolutely. And I want to, on a side note, for anybody who is having a baby or, you know, will be having a baby in the future, and I'm sure, Wendy, you know this, after you have baby, you got to ease yourself back into it too, because your body has just birthed a whole human, <laughs> whether you've birthed it vaginally or C-section, um, you're, you birth a whole baby. And so your body's got to get used to like the changes and it's got to heal. So don't be like, okay, doctor cleared me. I'm just going to jump right back into what I was doing because your body might be like, um, no. I don't think so. So easing yourself back into that and also using these tips that Wendy's talking about right here will really help with that. Maybe you want to start with aquatic spin so that it's not as, you know, hard on your body after baby. I mean, especially for the C-section mamas, because I've been there three times and it is it is tough like to heal and you don't want to put too much stress on that incision line. It's got to heal. Right, right. So again, you have to listen to your body, listen to your doctors, and treat yourself um, after you have a baby. Treat yourself just like you did when you just started working out again and making fitness a priority. Put yourself back in that beginner status. Don't just jump right in because you did 13 miles a year ago and think that you're going to go straight to that. Just ease yourself back into it. 
And that's what I intend to do. And today I ease myself back into running. I treated myself like I'm a beginning runner all over again, even though I know I'm not, because that's what's right for my body at this time. Absolutely. So as we wrap up the podcast, Wendy, what is something that you would like to leave the Inspired Women audience with? Um, I would like to leave you all with, um, first, thank you for listening. (laughs) Um, Second, just get moving. Just get moving. You don't have to be a triathlete um, to to incorporate fitness into your life. Any kind of movement you do is going to be good for the mind, body, and spirit. And, and I highly encourage you to start making fitness a priority. You'll definitely see changes spilling over into every part of your life when you do that. Absolutely. When we're kids, well, except kids nowadays because they have all the electronics. But when I was a kid back in the 90s, we all like played outside and we got exercise and, you know, you weren't allowed to come inside until like it was dark. And so you got to know that like that was great when you were a kid. But now, like when you're an adult, it's just as important to get in that exercise. It just may be a little different than it was when you were a child. But it's really important that we all, and and for any parents listening, please get your kids off the electronics and send them outside. Like yesterday, it was 70 here. I'm like, go, go outside, all of you. Like, just get out there. Because they need to get their, their movement in. And schools nowadays just aren't giving them the, like when I was a kid, you had gym like every day. We called it gym. Now they, they call it PE or whatever, whatever people call it. And nowadays the kids just aren't getting that anymore, like every day and in, in a prolonged period of time. So we got to get our kids outside just as much as it's important that we exercise. Right. So this has been a fantastic conversation. I really hope that the women listening will ease themselves into exercise if they're not there yet, or if they're in exercise, you know, think about switching it up. Maybe they want to check out um, aquatic spin class in their area and see what the fuss is all about and see how exciting it might be. Or maybe they want to try something new. You know, you've mentioned spirituality a couple times. And for me, my yoga practice is like a spiritual practice. I love it. I feel closer to the universe when I do it. So, you know, for everybody that could be a little different, but it really can. So thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. Yes. Thanks for having me. Thank you for being a part of the Inspired Women audience. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave us a rating review. And don't forget to share this out with somebody who could use some inspiration today. Tag us at Inspired Women Podcast, both on Facebook and Instagram. Have a great day.